Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Yeah? All right, all right. Welcome to Foreign National on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Brunner Yang, with my lovely wife, Pixada Knack. Hello, hello. And we have a great guest today. His name is P. Shay Ong. Hello, hello. Woo, get that clap. Get those horns going. This is a legend here. This is a legend. Make him feel special. He loves to feel special. Is this season two? Is this officially season two? Three. That's, that's but maybe like it's foreign national beats. season two. Yeah, right. So in typical foreign dead national, Eric Bruner Yang world, we don't follow any proper timeline of anything. So I don't follow months, just what day of the day it is. <laughs> Barely that. Um, it's been so long since we've been back in here, so we're really happy to be back and um, kind of glad that Jack has not... Um, we're happy not to us. be kicked off. Thanks for keeping us on. <laughs> never, so thank never, you. never, never, never. Um, really excited to be back. And fortunately, we have a really amazing person here in-house. And I haven't seen him so long. So hi, Pichet. Hi, Sayla. How are um, you? Just to introduce you, I actually kind of want to read your Wikipedia page. Because I will say when I first met you, you know, you kind of hear like, I think that person's really like a legend, whatever it is. And to me, I've never really ever looked into it or I never think anything of it. I just like to just my own introductions with people to be really organic and natural. And then I just naturally find out. You, um, you know him as there. one of my two uh, friends. Yeah. <laughs> or I know. I, an uncle. An yeah. uncle. Uncle Pichon. Pichet. So, okay. Your Wikipedia page, by the way, is uh, you are a chef who specializes in desserts best known for skewing the heavy use of sugar and applying savory technique, such true? as reductions in creating more flavorful desserts. He mixes classic technique and whimsical culinary style, which is totally true of you if you've ever seen any of the desserts here at Brothers and Sisters. Uh, three times awarded uh, three stars by the New York Times. He made his career breakthrough as a pastry chef for Jean Georges from 98 to 2004, opening several of, uh, I can't even pronounce it, restaurants, including Spice Market. Uh, in 2007, New York City, New York City, New York City, I mean, New York Times, L.O., Oprah Magazine, Bon Appetit, Food and Wine. When I read this, I was like, wait a minute, that's not Uncle Pichet that I know, the one that takes us to dinner with the kids. Like, that's not who I know. And then one time I was at Maketo and I was looking at your shelf and I was like, wait a minute, this is a book with Pichet's name on it. So, you Did know. you get a copy? I stole it and yeah. I took we it. Don't, we're trying to keep you from printing a new edition. <laughs> yeah. Okay, pay up with the money. So we are so <laughs> lucky that he even works for uh, like with us, which is kind of amazing that we got really lucky that you even think we are good enough to work with. So it's pretty cool. I love my job. You say that like we didn't pay him to say that. Yeah, so... <laughs> Um, I, I first met P. Shayong, a little bit of background, so I first met P. Shayong at a food festival in Las Vegas at the Cosmopolitan Hotel um, for an event called the Lucky Rice Night Market, right? When did right. you go to Vegas without me? This was 2011. This was the first, for me, it was the first um, national food event that I had been invited to and um, went to Las Vegas and it was a really amazing experience because... Um, at the time in Washington, D.C., there wasn't a very strong Asian chef um, kind of network or connection like there is now. Six years later, seven years later, there's a lot more chefs and they all communicate and talk to each other. But that didn't exist in D.C. when I opened Tokyo Underground. So 
it was the first time that I was surrounded by one of these food events where every person that was there specialized in some type of Asian cooking from Filipino to Japanese to Thai um, to piche. And um, and they came from Las Vegas, Los Angeles, everywhere. San Francisco. Yeah, everywhere, all over New the York. United States. And many of those people um, to this day are people that I really still keep in touch with. Um, Renee from um, Austin. Paul Key. Paul Key. Jet Tilla. Jet Tilla, Kristen Kish. Um, because A, I don't ever really socialize. Um, and B, um, I don't keep in touch with people. Right, wife? Yes, it's true. We are working we're, on we're, it. We're trying yeah. to keep in touch and we live in the same house. Yeah. We just need to throw oh, Eric wow. into the pool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe this radio show is how people can keep in touch with you. This yeah. is definitely cheaper well, than going to therapy. True. <laughs> it is true. It is true. Um, so Pichet and I met at that day and how we broke the ice because everyone was like, first of all, the, the hotel lost all of his stuff. Um, or now that I know him eight years later, he probably didn't actually even order it. I don't he, know about he that. Probably, now, now that we know him, I love to order food. I remember I actually. I love to over order. I remember actually meeting you in the lobby in, in Vegas at the hotel. And, yeah. you know, I remember like, yeah, that's, that's piche. So him probably and because I wasn't we, wearing it was Armani. James, and it was, yeah. yeah. Him and I were, we were he sharing the He was wearing the, the resort collection yeah. of uh, Armani. Um, yeah, no, I remember meeting you and there was some type of situation. But now that, yeah, now that we know him yeah. this long, he probably made it up. Yeah. So we, we were sharing the same work table and everyone was hungover. Um, except for me, and I think except for you. I thought it was Susu Lee I shared a table with. It was me, you, and Susu because the my intern, um, who the hotel provided, was making more per hour than I was because it was a union hotel. And he was like, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. I'm on overtime, so I'm making like 38 bucks an hour right now. And I just, I just like looked across the room, and everyone was like basically hungover and in the shits. So I had my intern juice like four cases of grapefruit juice, and then we, and me and you, we passed fresh grapefruit juice to everyone that was working, and that was kind of like our icebreaker. And then, um, typical Pichet fashion, everyone helps him do his dish, whether ever whether or not he's met you before. Um, so he made this ice cream without any ingredients that he had asked for, and it was amazing. And and we've been friends ever since. Every chef should be my intern for like a day. I think that happens. They, they would be doing a lot of online online shopping yeah. for him. I will say that. Okay, so, um, yeah, so we've talked about you, but yeah, talk about yourself a little bit. Unfortunately, um, oh, you didn't kick off with the uh, what is our foreign national? Oh yes, so and just because you work with us doesn't necessarily yes. Sorry. Mean. So the whole idea of this show and why we call it foreign national, which is also the name of our our whole company, but it's the idea that um, we all have come from somewhere else. Um, and we've, we make home wherever we choose home to be, and we bring a little bit of where we're from to help create a new version of where we are now. And I think you encapsulate that very well. Um, and so, yeah, kind of talk about um, who you are, but kind of in that context of how the show, what the show represents. Well, I definitely came from somewhere else. Um, my, my parents are Chinese, with my mom being um, from Shanghai, being Shanghainese. I uh, was born in Shanghai, and my dad's uh, from um, Swatow, which is another town that's in the Canton province in the south of China. They both left um, China during uh, like mid-20th century, which sounds like a really long time ago. To uh, My mom went to Hong Kong, and my, my dad went to Thailand to start a new life and to find a new home. 
because China then was kind of poor and war torn. Um, I was born in Thailand, but um, I left when I was four to Singapore, um, and I lived there until fourteen with my aunt. And um, I really actually got to experience crazy rich Asians, like for real in real life, because that's what Singapore is about—the small town, little island, south of Malaysia. Um, so I, I came to the U.S. for college, um, but also to find for myself a new home because I was, at that time, trying to um, not rebel, but like trying to get away from what my family is like because, you know, like you know, coming off from the war-torn, poor China situation, and they had to start their own life. It means it's a struggle, and they both have struggled in their own way, and I wanted to experience that experience that struggle rather than just. Live off um, the comfort, the comfortable situation that they had set up for their kids. You know, like Chinese families, you know that. Like we all, if you have kids, I don't. But if I do, I would set up the best life possible for my children because I think that's what, you know, being um, Asian and in a way like foreign too. I think that's what they do in every country is that they, they, they try to set up a great life for their children so they don't have to experience whatever they went through. At least they think they do that, but it doesn't always happen, as you know that, because mm-hmm. we all have a situation where we fight with our parents. I definitely went through a lot of that when I was younger, so I was rebelling from that, but not realizing that I really just want to set up my own life by coming to the U.S. So at first it was education, like I came here for college, and it, you know, in the meantime, discovered things that I like, and you know, everything about me that 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 is who I am today. Um, sexuality, you know, being gay, and like being. Um, This lost Chinese person, you know, person born in Thailand, grew up in Singapore and Hong Kong, and then coming to the U.S., living in California, New York, it really made me um, uniquely me. And I think everybody needs to experience that and find a new home and finding, you know, things that discover themselves that they like. And then recently, I moved down to D.C. because I followed my passion. Um, I was involved in a relationship, and I was getting comfortable of being in New York for 20 years, and I am. Um, You know, testing out um, a different environment, which is Washington D.C. Actually, I live in Arlington, but the D.C. area. So that's another part of the new me that that um, that you know I wanted to experience going into my later years in life. <laughs> you know, I want I want to go back to where you're mentioning um, about Asian family having the desire to set us up to. I guess succeed and not and to have the separation of the struggle, um, and how and, and and just like you mentioned, like there's so many different cultures that that face that that do that, and uh, I think that's what's really interesting about American culture that we really value hard work so much that we almost seek validation through hard work. While growing up, um, whether it's Cambodian, Chinese, or whatever, our parents want us to be so separated from that and to not and that they know that you're doing well when you're not working hard. So you know, it's always interesting that that's why, like, when my mom's like, "How's it going? Why are you guys working so hard? Is life must be so hard?" And it's like, "Well, no, that's just how the industry is." And and, and actually, that, that goes into even why, you know, this generation or my generation, our generation, of um, when parents see um, this generation of Asian Americans opening these restaurants and working hard, they're like, "Why are you even doing that? Like, what's what's the point?" But it's how we connect that's right. with our family and who we are and what it really means to us. So. I mean, that's the only way for for me and for one to discover oneself is to actually go through that struggle. And sometimes, 
you, um, you have to put yourself through it on purpose, you know, and parents don't want to see their children struggle. Like for me, going into the food industry was a really big deal for them, uh, particularly my dad, because, you know, um, he himself uh, did not finish law school as he, you know, was, um, was hoping to. And so he chose a different path in his life. And, um, and you, know, he, you know, he wants all his kids to be, um, quote unquote, not really working hard, but like, you know, enjoying the benefits of life um, by, you know, working less or working for him. And, but, you know, it doesn't happen because you still have to struggle. Even if you, you know, if I chose a life where I like, work with my dad and his company and whatever, I would still have to have a price to pay, which itself is a struggle. I mean, going back to Crazy Rich Asians, which actually... That's the uh, whole context that's of today's That's the whole show. context is uh, we're like, oh, we know Pichet was in Singapore, so we have to talk Crazy Rich Asians. Right. No, um, no, actually, that's, that's really interesting. Like you said, there's a price to pay. And, you know, I think I, I, that, that makes me want to ask, like, that price to pay, one, and, and using Crazy Rich Asians, and, and I'll actually use The Big Sick as one, because that was another movie where people got really excited about a romantic comedy with um, a, a different person, on, a person of color on screen that, to represent uh, a character in an American rom-com that wasn't a white American. Uh, but I actually hated The Big Sick, because part of that sacrifice, of sacrificing the one you love and sacrificing your family they looked down upon that so hard in the big sick. So it's like, yeah, maybe you got the person of color on there, but you made this character feel bad. And it's actually a real story too. So that for, for choosing your family or internally struggling with what you grew up with, your culture and who you are. Uh, and at the end of the day, you got a pat on the back because you went and married your white American girlfriend. And that was how he won. And in Crazy Rich Asians, they really put it out there that... Um, there is a sacrifice either way that you choose. And I think sometimes as Americans view that, everybody's going to walk away with a different perspective on it. But it wasn't about making a sacrifice and being unhappy about it, but making that sacrifice and understanding that you actually feel really good about what that sacrifice is. And, that's, and I don't want to do the spoiler alert for the movie because Well, I'm I think like to. in one thing that does kind of translate across Asian cultures because they're just so complicated and so different um, and then there's just so many social economic variables is that typically what you love and what you're passionate about is not the path that you're, it's usually not the same path that you're going to take. It's always some things are set out for you in a way that if you are have the type of personality where, um, you're, you have a, a set of passions or a set of loves that really deviate from it, it is really like one or the other, and those are the only two black and white paths you can take. I think that movie, both movies represent that. And yeah, a little bit of your life, Pichet. Yes. Um, I, I don't know what I would have, be, would have become um, if I hadn't gone the path of like, you know, cooking and food. I do know that I went into it because I love eating. And I remember in California, I actually went to school for architecture and I was working, you know, like as a draftsman and model maker in an architecture office for a long time. And, and, you know, this was like in the early 90s when everything was starting to get computerized. And I was seeing my colleagues like going into like computer assisted design. And I know I didn't want to work with computers because I, I, I hated it. I hated sitting down. 
you know, I love, I love a job where I walk around and work with my hands. But most of all, I love the restaurant industry only because of the free food that I get. <laughs> Going back to uh, the comment about me being treated like a VIP, I do love that. I do walk, love walking to the restaurant and them not asking me for my name and then, you know, telling me, you have the tables ready. I mean, it's really special. I mean, it's funny, but it's, 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 no, it's, it's, what, rest, it's what all restaurants should, try, should strive to do for the regular customers. And, and I realized that uh, it makes you feel special because you go into a restaurant to feel restored. So it's kind of nice. And so I'd stick to my favorite restaurants and I get discounts and middle courses and extra desserts it's really wonderful you all should try that yeah um <laughs> uh, okay no, we lived, we, 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 <laughs> this is why we, we love eating out with piche because we're like ooh, we're, we're special oh yeah our premier, <laughs> well, what's baby. really what's really interesting about kind of like you know you're saying hey i um i you know i started in architect school i loved working with my hands i had this um uh, i just didn't want to work with technology and you're definitely like one of the leading uh, online uh, Instagram chefs, you know? You have like 40,000 followers. Yeah. Are you getting money? No, out of but this? I should. How much do you want to pay me? <laughs> I don't know. How does that work? <laughs> but I mean, like for you, especially because, like, you know, people follow, people, chefs follow you on Instagram, restaurants follow you on Instagram. They, that's how, and, and fashion designers. And every, you know, and, and for someone that, um, you know, went into cooking because of your passion for it, but because you wanted to work with your hands, something like technology has really reshaped kind of this new wave of your career. That's true, but it still hasn't affected, you know, our industry. I mean, for me, at least in the kitchen, um, as much as other careers, because I, and I know it was going to be like that. There's no way we're going to get, get into a, a, you know, a situation where, you know, cooking becomes like computerized. Although now I do have to work with spreadsheets and like social media and run of show and things like that. I'm, I'm, and I'm trying to catch up with it. Um, it's not my forte, but, you know, the way you have your company set up is, is, is great because then I really should not have to worry about that. If only be, if, if everyone does, does their, their job, job right. <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, you know, fun for me to go around as Uncle Piche is to be like, did you get my email? Did you get my memo? Is that done yet? What do I owe you? Yes. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I think, this point where I'm like, well, all right, we'll just deal with it. Uncle Pichet probably didn't read it or do it, or he's just going to do his own thing anyway. You're uh, like, you, you get away with it kind of because you're a legend. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, California to New York, right? Mm-hmm. New York, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And first kind of your big break in New York was what? Well, when I first came to New York, I was um, coming off from, you know, being a pastry chef uh, at different restaurants. Uh, I guess the last one was La Folie in San Francisco. And then I came to New York and I had, a, had some great tips from my old bosses, um, like uh, Roland Paso and, and, and Alice Waters mainly. And then, so I hit like the pavement in New York, like in the, I guess, late 70s. Um, I ended up at John George, and um, and it was kind of like a match made in heaven for me because he was um, that was when he was starting to branch out into doing you know infusing his background of having lived in Thailand to do like a Thai concept, and he had also in the works a Cantonese concept and Asian street food concept. But at the time, he was trying to get John George, the flagship, the French one, um, off the ground. He wanted a four-star review and three mission stars, blah, blah, blah. And so I went in um, and um, 
and automatically when they see my resume they want to put me in pastry but I, I told him that I wanted to um, to work with, um, with, with you know with him directly and so I was thrown on the line uh, as a fish cook um, at, at first a vegetable cook and then a, you know in the French system they have like comi and um, entremet and then you go into uh, chef de partie so I did that route of, of um, becoming a fish chef de partie and then saucier and it all happened really really fast um, and that's when I realized damn I'm really good you know and then, <laughs> and then I stuck with the savory thing for a while because I really like it um, the rush of being on the line dealing with tickets and like working with timing and actually working with other people because in pastry it's very isolating you just kind of go at your own pace um, but in, in, you know, cooking on the line, you do have to rely on other people to help finish that dish, at least in the French kitchen system. So that was great because I learned for the first time to get along with everybody in the kitchen. I used to always fight with everybody. I guess I still kind of do. But yeah. yeah. I wouldn't call it <laughs> no. fighting. But it's not going to change. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so John and George then. and then... I mean, like, the, the outside of your own place that you opened in New York, I know that, like, say, Spice Market is the one that's the most personal to you. Yeah, because, um, because I was there from the very, very, very beginning. I mean, in a way, kind of like brother and sister, I was there from the get-go, and like, I got to help shape the way it turned out in the end. So I think, you know, these kind of projects, I, I, I really feel like uh, it's like, you know, like my baby, because I know it from the get-go of how um, the other people, key people want the restaurant to turn out, and, um, and I had my, you know, my contribution to the restaurant. So Spice Market, yeah, it's very personal to me. I actually had a lot of savory dishes on the menu as well. Um, everything, the uniforms, the, the name, all of it, the music, all of it. The, um, some people might be too uh, young to know what Spice Market is, but some of our listeners might know. So you want to talk about what Spice Market is and kind of also like how it changed um, what people thought of Asian food because it was a big deal. Yeah, it is. It's a... Uh, was Spice Market uh, originally was conceived actually by John Josh himself, probably like in the, I know, 95, 96, because he wanted to do an Asian street food concept. And then when I joined the company, he told me that was one of the things that's on the list of things to open, to start thinking about the name and the type of food, you know. And I told him, I think because of my growing up in Singapore, I think the idea of doing like a mix of Malay, Chinese, Thai, which is what Singapore food is about, is really um, what's missing here because there's a lot of like huge Chinese restaurant. Um, I mean, at that, I would say that maybe before Spice Market, we saw Hakkasan, we saw Tao, and those themes are specifically Chinese and specifically Cantonese, actually. So when Spice Market came around, it was almost like what uh, the Western world thinks of, in a way, like Asian food. It has, it has heat. It has different temperatures, lots of salads, uh, stir fries, uh, stews, you know, like crudo like lots of different concepts so that all came together at spice market in the way that i think is what was missing in the restaurant industry in a way at least in the u.s for sure it's a restaurant that introduces you to um you know i hate the word pan-asian but you know what i mean like it's like different like the best of different types of asian southeast asian food street foods in particular uh in one restaurant in a very sexy environment uh and that's big enough to be able to handle any group particular large groups people love eating out in Asian restaurants in large groups wouldn't you say it's like mm-hmm. 10, 12 it's like fun yeah. um, attractive servers uh, like uh, fun music um, 
you know, and, and, and with a very uh, kind of like uh, you decide the price you want to pay because you can actually order like a couple apps and spend $30 and have some drinks or less. I mean, that's what I pay because I get a lot of free stuff, but it may be more. But you could spend $100 on a whole like, a theme array of stuff <laughs> with desserts and everything. But overall, like the idea of like a fun Asian yeah. restaurant um, that was missing. Um, it's really too bad that New York um, had a problem with rent at the moment and landlords being greedy. Um, but even though it closed, but I know that the legacy of Spice Market uh, lives on because it's very successful in the Middle East. Yep, I've been um, there. Yeah. I forgot, and, I forgot and, about that. Yeah, and then the, we, we actually all, also at the same time opened up a similar concept in London called Rama. I don't know how that's doing. But like, I, think, I think it's what's greatly missing and I think I would like to see that idea back. Um, you, you see traces of it here and there, but not quite to the impact mm-hmm. of Spice Market, which, you know, this was also at the same time when Michelin first started and Spice Market got one and then it got the Pellegrino Top 50. I mean, all of that is really a huge deal because it wasn't a restaurant that was meant for those kind of accolades. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think now, like, I mean, you know a little bit, but, the, you know, there's the Spice Market in Qatar. I know they're opening, there's one in Mexico City. I think they're opening one in Bogota. I mean, I don't, John George's name is not on it anymore, but the legacy of that brand overseas definitely, definitely resonates. A lot more sushi now, though. Can't do Asian restaurant because Asian is just very generic without sushi because yes. sushi is generic. Sushi is hot. <laughs> um, you've been, I mean, you've clearly been through so many different phases lives. of, yeah. Yeah, you've lived through so many lives, but also you've lived in, through these lives and phases of the food industry in so many different cities. And I don't want to say, I can't really say that you reinvent yourself or anything, but you almost keep it really fresh for yourself just like when you moved here to D.C. and and what you're doing here, brothers and sisters, and the recognition that you're getting for it. Um, What would you say has been sort of like your most favorite phase so far? You know, I can't can't say that I do have a favorite phase. I mean, I I do have to admit I'm enjoying my time here in D.C., but I do miss um, living abroad. But I don't know if that's going to happen. But I do. It's nice that I still have my father in Thailand and I visit him twice a year and I spend a little bit of time with him you know or, or China where we meet up and um, I do miss my California days there's something about you know the predictable weather and like the abundant markets that I used to frequent and and you know and you know and I think DC is the restaurant scene is new but I love the that California particularly San Francisco has a long tradition of uh, like food culture and so I miss that. I see that happening in D.C., but it's not quite there yet. But I would say that every time um, I live somewhere, I really enjoy uh, my environment. And I, you know, like I think right now I'm, I'm still very excited about D.C. and eating out here and meeting new friends and developing new relationships. I think that that's, uh, that keeps me fresh and keeps me going because, you know, no, you know, having... Because in life you don't really like have, you know... A friend or or uh, someone close to you for the entire lifetime but you you know as you grow and as you change your environment you just experience that and I think that that that's the that's the part that's most fulfilling for me um, speaking of discovering new places to eat Pichet 
came to me and actually said there's a new place that he discovered on Route 50. Oh, the Chinese place. He was texting but, me about it yesterday. But yeah. turns out it's the same place that my mom says is the best chow fun in Northern Virginia. Is that the, the one we place. go to? So that's two picky people. That just told us that the chow What's fun. this place? <laughs> Miyuki. M-I-U-K-E-E. My advice is to always listen to the elderly because they've been eating longer than you. And they're still yeah, around. But, yeah, but like, <laughs> but they're so would, you, particular. <laughs> would you let your mom pick the next place we eat? Oh, uh, no. maybe, maybe. You, she does love Chez Panisse. Yes. And we're going there in December. What's that? That's probably the only place she 35 likes. Year, years <laughs> later, we're still eating there. <laughs> well, yeah, so this Piché's is the mom the is like place. mafia boss. It's amazing. She, is. she hates everything. Hi, now. Ruby. Love her. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, like, now that you're here, like, you laid low for a whole year before you decided that you were comfortable to tell people that you relocated to D.C. <laughs> uh, you weren't embarrassed I, or ashamed. You no, know, I think everybody, <laughs> I, all my close friends knew. Yeah. Um, some just... But, I mean, I think you've, you have <laughs> made it. a lasting, you will make a, you know, however long you decide to stay, or even if it's forever, you, you definitely have made a lasting impression on the, the food culture here as it grows, and I, I think you, you see that, and... Um, getting this very, very small network of pastry chefs here to talk to each other and do things together and kind of be that glue for them because it's not a big market for that here. It's growing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, there's a lot of potential here, you know, particularly with with, uh, Baltimore not being so far away and Virginia, Maryland. Um, We need more pastry chefs in D.C. in general. Um, can I ask something fun? It's about your social media strategy because mm-hmm. you're always traveling and because I never actually know where you are. Sometimes I'll see, oh, he's in Iceland, but then I'll turn around and you're As his employer, that's challenging. Yes. Everybody, <laughs> please note that. <laughs> um, yeah. Like what, what is your social media strategy and when are you going to start getting paid for these Instagram posts? Mm, I don't know. I've been offered, <laughs> but it's just kind of iffy. I don't know what they are, but then... I don't know why why anyone has to post in real time. I and mean, if you follow like people like Taylor Swift, Mariah Carey, they're not in real time. So why do I need to post in real time? Maybe you can do what all the young millennials are doing, where they do like these social media workshops. We should actually do one where you lead it. Plus, also when I post in real time, I'm gonna get this text message. Oh, hey, are you at the hotel? Yeah, I'm coming over. Um, mm. Can I see you in five? You know that means that you're gonna be giving away free cakes. Who needs to do that? I just want to get free cakes. Yeah, I don't. I only. <laughs> I only get. I don't give. Uh, <laughs> plus, it gives me like it, it. It distracts me so much. I would have to stop whatever I'm doing in the middle to walk around the dining room. I hate that. You know that. <laughs> he hates it and he loves it. That's like the, his whole life. That explains everything. I hate it, it, but I love it. Well, Piche is also the one that introduces ta- the beauty of RPM yes. and the amazing hospitality there because they actually don't Chef, care though. who you are. Everybody gets amazing treatment. That's right. I've actually walked walked in. That love hospitality. No reservations. Set at the bar. It's great. Yep. That we person in the blazer comes in, and they just like. Treat we should you get like, paid to. They treat you, you like your RPM so much. <laughs> I I, I uh, signed up for their points app. But I feel kind of bad because I get so many discounts that I, I feel bad getting one? the points. He still has yeah. the nerve to whip out his phone to be like, "Oh, here's my lettuce. I know you just. Points. I know you just gave me fifty percent off, but can I get my points? <laughs> <laughs> and he actually one day, and we were discussing at dinner, like, do you think I get um, points off of, like, what the check is supposed to be or off my discount? <laughs> like, what? I'm all about the points. 7-Eleven, points. It's RPM, all true. Points. All his apps are based on Expedia, whatever points. Expedia, points. Yep. Okay. 
Okay, back to foreign nationals. <laughs> this is what foreign nationals does. Yes. We, we try to get a deal. We're about somehow. To be, we're about to wrap it up, so it's kind of like we're gonna just do some of the stuff that we kind of do to to talk about some of the um, lighter things. Um, typically, we always end the show as we get near talking about our favorite. Um, guilty pleasure snacks. Guilty pleasure snacks. But sometimes, depending on our relationship with uh, the guest to us, we do kind of like to ask, what is your favorite memory you've ever had with Eric? Oh, my favorite memory? Oh, we, yeah, we have done that. Oh, wow. Um, it can be bad. I, it's okay. You know, um, <laughs> it, it, it took me some time to realize that actually um, we have style or, you know, interest in fashion in common. I don't know if he got that from you, Seda. <laughs> Because when I first met him, he had like different style than what he does now. And I know as our bodies change, it's difficult to um, fit into style. But my, my, my biggest memory would be like shopping in New York in the garment district, going to engineered garments. Oh my God. Nepotese, uh, looking for the, you know, the needles Gen- shirt that Gentry fits. closed, by the way. You didn't Gentry, tell me. that's closed, but that's, that's yeah. it's now online only. Going to Battenwear, mm-hmm. uh, Monita Lee, and like... Shopping for my kettle for AP, you know, APC and mm-hmm. trying to force um, Seda to buy more Monita Lee or like um, Gray New York. I mean, all of that is really, really memorable. And I wish we had more of that. What's that store? <laughs> Nothing food Toto related. Toto Kalo. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, Toto Kalo. Oh, yeah. We went to like 20 stores yeah. that day. Okay. Yeah. Everybody who's listening, and, and definitely like, go eat with Pichet because you get free food. But do not go shopping with him around. because you will be poor that you need the free meal. Um, and, and, you know, for, for, for me to see, um, you know, Eric, uh, you know, or, or say it, I'm not sure whose credit card, like whip up the credit card and I'll be like, oh, dang, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. And I think that that's amazing. And that's actually how I travel is I was actually like look for like places to shop for the best clothes. It doesn't have to be expensive, but just the most unique. Yeah. And um you know, because part of the reinvention is to change up, change it up, right? The way you look. Um, it, it, it's funny, but it's important. It's presentation. And I really bond with Eric in that because I think he, um, you know, he sees something that um, most people don't, you know, most people overlook, you know, clothing and outer, outward appearance <laughs> as something that's really superficial, but it actually defines who you are. <laughs> like today, I dress Thank really colorful. Thank you for colorful. being the fashionista you I are, Eric. I dress really colorful yeah. because I wanted to be colourful today for the show which you guys can these are the kind of conversations we have with this Bichet is, oh yeah, this is, this is it you get so bamboozled and confused um, next question I can't tell if that was a compliment or <laughs> <laughs> uh, what just, just happened joking. to me um, the next one is uh, one of my favorite things the okay. guilty pleasure snack okay yeah, especially I mean you've grown up everywhere I know I have so many I love ice cream at home I love you know um, stocking up the fridge with ice cream from Talenti Hagendaz and Jenny's um, and, and um, Piche and I both agree that Hagen dazs is the best. The best ice cream, yeah. Still, after thirty-five years of of eating it, and tell people why. Because that people don't know. Uh, they don't advertise it, but it's a hundred percent natural ingredients, no preservatives, and and minimum ingredients. And you can tell from the you packaging. You just look at the box, and it's like vanilla. It'll just be. It'll just say cream, sugar, eggs, vanilla. Yeah. And then if you look at vanilla from any other brand on the market. It just won't be. It's not the same. Right. And then I also love, I have a, I have a big uh, uh, interest in Japanese snacks because if you actually go to Japan, it's just like endless snacks, right? Like everything. And I'm very happy that at the Line Hotel, we're like literally like four minutes, maybe 10 if you walk slow 
to the um, supermarket. Hanamart. Hanamart. Yep. Uh, they've been around, I believe, 18 years or 15 years, long time. We all need to patronize that place more because those kind of stores that's run by the owner and the owners at, you know, behind the cash registers ringing stuff in and um, ordering the food, stocking the shelves, those are the hardworking you know, people that run a store with, with care. And everything in that place is like well-procured. They also have a nice sales section on the mm-hmm. rice all yep. the time. I think we should shop more at places like that. Anyway, the snacks, going back to the snacks, I love the senbeis there, all the Japanese candies, the gummy bears, and also the prepared snacks that they sell in the refrigerator. October, the onigiri is coming back? Is that uh, true? Is that what the That's the, the rumor, said? yeah. I think that per- the rice maker is I've back on vacation. I've made air pull over so many times. Yeah. And I also know that you're a fan of microwavable food. Love it. So, favorite brand, favorite go-to. Ooh, um, I love like the um, Indian uh, frozen Trader food, Joe's Trader or Amy's Joe's or both actually. Got it. Amy's is a little um, pricier, but sometimes they have a sale at Whole Foods. I love sales. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I also love the frozen pies from Marie Calendars. Oh, yes. Really? Yeah, like the chicken pie. pot pie? No, no, they got like a cherry like an actual pie. pie. Yeah, like Cheesecake. the pot pie. Anytime, oh, Marie yeah. Calendars, anytime you need a consultant, Text me on social media. Mary Callender? Yes, as okay. many, many have done. Got it. <laughs> yeah, my favorite is the Mama me. Celeste. My, my father actually was a line cook at Mary Callender's. Which father? Sig. Okay. Uh, before he joined the Navy. That's and, amazing. And uh, he, he worked there, I think, like 17, from when he was like 17 to 19. And we would have... Strangely, chicken Mary calendar, chicken pot pie, frozen dinner nights at our house. Now and I remember that because mm-hmm. he loved, he loved them so much from when he worked there. But the they, pot, those were really popular. Yes, but the pot pie I actually cooked it in the oven because, you know, I'm a pastry chef. I just can't microwave my pie crust. Yeah, you can't microwave. Yeah, you, do I they think. allow? Do the directions give you directions yeah, to microwave that's, it? That's one of the options. Yeah, that's I just find bad. it like gummy and bad. Yeah, so that I won't do. But I would totally do the Indian dinner. Well, what about the microwave pizzas? No, no. Um, I love I, I to microwave, love, microwave pizza. No, I, need I don't. I mean, Eric puts them in the you're oven. You're a pastry chef, and pastry chefs love microwaves. That's like a thing, right? We love it. So <laughs> the plate on my microwave, the spin plate, breaks. Broke, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, I microwave just, everything on the side. Because so we have to microwave everything on the side because we don't have a plate. <laughs> but if you put a plate in the middle, it just... How? How? Why does... A microwave, microwave so unevenly. If things aren't moving in a circle, I just don't get it. The pizzas I've had for the last months have just been frozen on one side and super cooked on the other. Is this the one at home or yeah. at the restaurant? Yeah, maybe I'll switch them out. I'll take your microwave. No, I think you need to invest. Oh, in ours is stuck on the wall. Like we can't stuck on move the wall. it. We just need to reorder a microwave plate that'll okay. spin. All right, but none of those were nasty. So like Zeta has a, her nasty snack. Is I don't know. I will say. I mean, I, I've always have a nasty. It's, it's not even nasty anymore. All the weird shit that we talk about. But you know, I, I just recently discovered. I went to the Drake concert at the now Capital One Arena, and I will tell you, the best hot dogs I've ever had. Their pickled jalapenos there and their cheese. It's just like the queso. It's got like ch- spice in the cheese. So, one he was coming on, and I really wanted to eat my hot dog. I was so torn. So I tore it in half and I saved half of my hot dog 
I poured the cheese on. I had the, I'm like dancing, eating my hot dog. I turned around and the other half dropped. I was really sad. Was it Oscar Mayer? I, I have know. no idea. But you know, but people know us for like food stuff, right? And like we have so many guilty pleasures that are just like not fancy. Mine is uh, right now, I don't eat all day until I go home and I have a half microwaved Mama Celeste pizza. And I like it because I'm alone. It's quiet. I can sit down. I can eat in peace. And I don't, I, I, I've kind of started to enjoy the half frozen, half really hot experience. <laughs> Okay, more importantly... The frozen center. Yeah. Wow. The crusty outside. Yeah. That's how tired I am. Would you feed your children that? No. I mean, she's ha- the little bagel bites. She, she loves likes, those yeah. the little pizza bagels. I, like, I make Hers sure would not. be fully microwaved. Hers right? would yeah. be fully cooked. Me, I I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I, I, when I was growing up, my parents wanted me to eat the best. They really gave me the best of everything. Like... Um, like, you know, when we get a plate of chicken, they always, like, put aside the best pieces for me. Like, I like my dark meat. But even ingredient-wise, they like to buy quality for, for me. Like, you know, organic, this and that. But then for themselves, they eat, like, the regular kind. You're yeah. an only child, right? No, I'm one of seven. No. Yeah. All this time. Yeah. Ha- half siblings. He's not ready siblings. to in- introduce us yet. Oh, okay, next yeah. life. Next, next life. life. <laughs> next restaurant. All right. Okay. <laughs> Favorite place for dessert? Where? Yeah. In D.C.? Wherever. Doesn't matter. Oh, I don't know. I, I love Paris because it's like nonstop dessert eating all day long in mm-hmm. Tokyo. Um, domestically, is hard. Um, I used to love Aggie Chin's desserts at Mirabelle and she's gone. Um, I don't know. At Brothers and Sisters. Perfect. <laughs> Italian or Chinese? Chinese. French or Italian? Italian. I'm having anxiety listening to these questions. Yeah. Fav- favorite menswear brand today? Ooh. Oof. Oh, shit. Um, well, I lo- you know, I love my gray. I'm trying to get that them to go into your store. Um, you know, Marnie's great. Their uh, minimums are choose? too... I can't afford them. <laughs> Which one? Okay, better yet. What... Are, what just like the, the Emmys, what are you wearing right now? <laughs> Engineered garments, mm-hmm. uh, shirt. The pants are um, safe khaki. Mm-hmm. Dance go shoes. Mm-hmm. Socks. REI. See? Everything. <laughs> See? I told you. Uh, what are you reading? Nothing. Perfect. Uh, what are you watching? Oh, I just finished Handmaid's Tale. I'm trying to catch up with um, Orange is the New Black. I just started Ozarks. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ozarks, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You like that? Love it. We dark. just finished it. Dark, dark, dark. Did you get the show that you're going to be on? Can you talk about it? <gasps> Oh, you mean the uh, uh, Cake Wars? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to air like in Halloween. What? Do with, the plug. Um, with um, <laughs> Dove Goat. Um, Do you remember what you were on that we're going to okay. watch soon? So <laughs> Halloween, you, Halloween me, is the first, the first episode. Okay, so let's, let's, re, let's redo the plug. Tell them about the show. That is coming out. Take two. So, Take two. <laughs> if you guys are looking forward to seeing uh, Uncle Piche Ong, he's actually going in to be... In oh. Food Network's uh, <laughs> new uh, season of Cake Wars, um, with the first episode starting on Hall- on, uh, uh, during Halloween. Uh, and I'm one of the guest judges with um, Waylon Lucas and Duff Goldman. Perfect. Can't wait and to see what you're wearing. And your highest words with friends score. Oh gosh. Highest word with friends score. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's the Sequoia. I got the Q on triple letter mm-hmm. and double double. So I believe it was one ninety seven. 
Got it. And what is your username if people want to play you on Words with Friends? Does it even work that way? I don't know how it works. You have to be friends with me on Facebook. Uh, please don't add me if you don't know who I am or I don't know who you are. Um, <laughs> Unless you know, you're going to give them a free meal, maybe. P- Pichetong, P-I-C-H-E-T-O-N-G, two different words. And then once we have friends on Facebook, approved. And then <laughs> I would have to eliminate somebody. So don't feel bad if you get eliminated because I'm maxed out. But anyway, if we're friends on Facebook, we can play Scrabble. But oh, you can, do you need to upgrade to a fan page? Is that oh, where you're yeah. at? Now you're like a I think I have one, but I never figure? check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Are you public figure status now? I, I think so, but when I don't know. When do you get the Instagram check? Oh, no, I need that. How do you do that? So, do I don't know. We'll Jack? work on it. We'll you know. Don't ask me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll find out. You should right. be verified, though. Thank you so much. Next question. That's Let's it. keep going. You want to keep doing it? <laughs> one more. Jack, throw Jack. one in there for yeah. him. Oh, man. Ask me a question. What would your last meal be? My last meal? Oh, I don't know. Um... I don't know. I guess, you know, eating with my family is always really, really nice. We haven't had that in a long time. Mm, but what would you be one. eating? I don't know. Somewhere in Hong Kong. I love Cantonese food. His favorite food is definitely 100% Chinese food. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. What's in your refrigerator at home right now? Uh, I have matcha ice cream from haagen I have lots and lots of water that I stole from Eric. <laughs> yes, <laughs> all the time. Oh my God! When he's doing I'm, a, the I'm a water hoarder. I don't know. I don't know how that happened, but I have like Fiji, <laughs> Evian. What is that soda water we use? I have Q. That. Q. We have that. I have that too. Um, am I getting into trouble? Yeah. And then I also have Trader Joe's water. Check. I have lots of water at home. Yeah, Pichet is like if he comes to your house, he will steal a bottle of water. Or best, 100%. if you come visit me, bring me a case of water. <laughs> I love Icelandic water, by the way. Bring that. Fiji's my favorite. Really? Yeah. yeah have you tried Icelandic water? How do you feel about Evian? Avion is gross. It's a little strange. Yeah. It's got like Thank this you. salt to it. It's weird. Just, it makes me not want to drink water. It it tastes like um, I had suntan lo- like sunscreen sunscreen all over my mouth, and then I drank water, and it got in the water, and every bottle of water tastes like that. So accurate. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Evion. Fiji's the one. Okay, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Love you very much. Me too. Um, when is thank the you for next being dinner? in our lives. When are you taking us to dinner next? Yeah, what's next? Yeah, where do you want to go? St. Anselm. We love that meal, right? We did love that meal. We, that? Yeah, we'll go to St. Anselm. Can you get us in? Yeah. Just, I think it opened two days ago. Text Marjorie. Chef, be ready. Bring out Pichet some free stuff. We will be... Straight uh, to the table. Pichet <laughs> Ong will be with us in Los Angeles when we do a pop-up at the Line LA on October 24th. So if you are listening uh, by Coastal, uh, we'll see you in LA. Is that date firmed up? For now. Do I know about this trip? Waiting for Jack to respond. <laughs> Jack already said yes. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.